way. But we are coming to a close of another year, catch this, in the history of the world. There will never again be a 2023 A.D. in the history of our world. This is it. Of course, that's every year, but it's such a momentous time for us. And the thing is this. Because we're coming to the end of 2023 today, it reminds us that life is short. Does anybody agree that this year went pretty fast? Okay, here we are, blink a few times, and we're going to be here again next year. Uh, hopefully, maybe, maybe not. But anyways, whenever a, a sort of the turn of the calendar, Jan, you know, December to January, it's a good time to just reflect a little bit. Just remember, look at, you know, where is, where is my life at at the moment? What's really important? Am I doing the things that are important in my life? You know, most of us, I imagine probably all of us would say, yeah, we're really busy. Life is busy. I'm busy. We're doing a lot of things. And, and the, the problem is so much of our culture and the world, even our own minds, tell us that the busier I am, the more successful I am. Well, that's just not true. Sometimes you're busy just doing not good stuff, right? You're just doing busy things. So the question is this. The things that are keeping you busy, are they the best things? Are you really doing the best things you could do? And are you being the best you that you can be? Let me ask you this. How much time did you waste this past year? You ever think about that? You might not know exactly what all that means. Here, let me give you a clue. Here's one thing you can start with. How much time did you spend on social media this past year? Each day. Well, you might say, well, about 10 minutes. I check certain things, and then I'm off and running. Or some of you might say, you know, it's five hours a day. I'm looking at that phone or whatever it is no judgment just asking you multiply that by 365 and that's about how many minutes and hours you wasted this past year are you going to do that again next year the good news is the sobering thought well let's start with the sobering thought is that every second that you waste is a second you never get back. You realize that? I mean, there's a lot of other things that we have, you know, might be resources, our money. It, when we use it, we can get more oftentimes. But your time, you can't. Whatever time you spend, whatever time you waste, it's gone forever. 2023 at, the, at 11.59 tonight, just before midnight, it's done. It's gone. If you didn't get it done in 2023, sorry, it's too late. But the good thing is you got next year. You can redeem it. You can change things. You can say, you know what? This past year, I, I didn't do so well. But I'm going to do better this year. And a lot of times our re resolutions sort of come down to that, right? If you make resolutions, 
usually we do we say you know what I'm gonna I want to do this a little bit better or I want to do better things and they're good I, I usually don't make resolutions because I I fail at them within the couple weeks anyway so I'm just like hey let's do some general things right but what happens is we say you know what I this next year I resolve I commit I, I want to you know I want to maybe get in shape Maybe I want to lose a little weight. I want to exercise a little. I want to uh, maybe read a book. Maybe this next year I want to read one book. Maybe you don't read any. Or maybe you want to do one a month, one a week. Maybe you want to learn a new language. All sorts of things that we commit to, we resolve to do. And they're usually pretty good. I mean, they're good things. We don't usually resolve to do something that's not good. But I believe that we're at a point in history where we need to really figure some things out. And we need to focus on our, our time, our energy, our resources, and even our relationships on things that really matter. Not just good things, the best things, the things that matter most. You know, I'd rather be mediocre at the things that really matter than to be awesome at the things that don't. So the question is, what are some of those things? What are some things in my life that matter most? Now, I'm not a prophet, and I'm not predicting anything. I just think it's really obvious, whether it's because I, we are getting older. Did you know I'm a year older than I was last year at this time? So are you. First service was more excited about that. Or the fact that the world's getting crazier. I believe time's running short. I believe that the hourglass is running out of sand for all of us, whether it's our own lives or whether it's the world, for us to do what needs to be done. And it's not that we need to add a lot of things to our lives, like it's a mad rush. If things are coming to an end, what do I need to do? What more? No, it's not more things we need to do. But we need to figure out what it is I, I need to do. What are some things that maybe I can take out of my life so that I can do the things that matter most? For me, for my life, for the people around me and then do them to the best of my ability. I believe that 2024, every one of us here this morning, we need to work at and develop the best version of ourselves that we can be. We need to become who God made us, and we need to stop wasting our time. We need to stop spending our time, our resources, and everything else on things that don't really matter and focus in and hone in on the things that do matter. In other words, like our, the title of the message today, it's time to get it right. And in the words of Larry the Cable Guy, it's time to get her done. And right now, I like what Paul says. I think this is Paul's version of get her done. Okay, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says this, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Then he says this, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. That's sort of the, the pre, 
uh, the prelim to what he's about to say. Because of this, I'm forgetting this. I'm straining towards what's ahead. And to do this, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And he said, I press on. How does he do it? Well, he forgets the past and he focuses on what's ahead. But he says, I press, I work really hard. I strain, I move forward and, and I work really hard at going toward the prize for which God has called me. I'm going for those things that God has laid before me, that he sets before me, he says, go for it. And he says, I'm, I'm straining towards that because of the blessings and the rewards that are ahead, ahead of me. So when he says we press on, I press on, he, he's talking about purposefully and, and to do it not aimlessly, but, but to go for a prize. And, and I think that's where so many of us, we lose our battle in, in improvement and doing good things is we don't have an end game. We, we commit to certain things and we do things in our lives and we say, this is a good idea. I should probably do this because we come up with a reason, but there's no end. We have no finish line. We have no prize in the end. But Paul says the prize. I'm going for the prize that God has called me to. It's the rewards. It's the blessing. So I'm going to strain with all I've got to go for what God has for me. And if you don't have something to shoot for, number one, you're going to miss it every time. And I think many of us, we do that. We, we grab a hold of this. Oh, this seems like a good thing. We grab a hold of, oh, this is another good idea. I probably should do, this would be helpful. We grab all these things and there's no continuity and there's no end game. It just, I would maybe be better if I did this. We need to figure out what matters most, not just to me, but to God. And what should I be doing with my life? So here's a thought I want you to think about as we go through the points of the message today. If I woke up tomorrow morning, and for whatever reason, however I knew this, I realized that tomorrow, or today, if you wake up, that this was going to be your very last day on earth and you had one day to get everything right to make the most of that day what would you do just think about that i have a few suggestions all right these are points in your notes how what are we going to get right number one write this down the first thing we need to get right is i need to get right with god Get right with God. I, I believe very strongly that the days of riding the fence, of going through the motions, of just doing the religious things, of I'll just attend, I'll do this, and sort of dabbling in your faith, dabbling in doing, you know, sort of putting on a good face. They're done. They're done. They're not going to work anymore. It's time for us, every one of us here this morning, to take seriously and take a serious look at your current situation and your relationship with God. Folks, if time is running short, we don't have time to mess around. 
I don't have time to play around. I don't have time to make believe and to wish. Paul describes it. Here, Paul describes his desired relationship with Christ this way in Philippians chapter 3. He says this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection uh, and, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Do you, do you want to do that? Do you want to share in the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ? We run from anything that might harm us. But Paul says, I want to share in the fellowship of his suffering, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. This is Paul. That, you know, a healthy, growing, maturing relationship with God through Jesus Christ is one of complete surrender and commitment. It's an all in. It's not halfway. It's not, I'll do this and I'll go through the motions. I'll go to church on Sunday, but the rest of the week. Or, or, or I'll do all the right things, but you know what? I'm just, I'm going to keep God at a distance. Folks, it's too late for that anymore. If you're going to move forward, if you're going to be a part of what God is doing in the world, if you're going to reach the prize, you have to do what Paul says. I'm all in. I am committed and I'm surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to follow him. Folks, that's what it's going to take. Romans 13, 11 and 12 says this. And he says, and do this, understanding the present time and the hour has come. For you to wake up from your slumber because, this, because our salvation is near now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. What is keeping you, us, sometimes from just being all in for Jesus? Well, there's a lot of things. Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 12, I didn't put this in your notes, but it says that in running this race, we are to throw off, throw off, get rid of all the distractions that tangle us up and the sins that so easily mess up our lives. Distract. If you're going to run this race, if you're going to go all in for Jesus, if you're going to give it all you got, Folks, you got to get rid of the stuff that are distracting you from the best things that God has for you. Get rid of them. You don't have time for this anymore. 2024 needs to be the year where you hone in and say, God, what do you want me to do? And you remove everything that doesn't follow in line with that. We don't have time. And then it says the sin. And the questionable behavior that we have in our lives. You know, one of the things I think, for even for us, as church people, as Christians, as followers of Christ, I think many of us, we're guilty of becoming too friendly with sinful behavior. 
We know it's wrong. I, I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't know. I'm not pointing fingers. I don't have a clue, but I'm just guessing because we're human. Some of us here this morning, we're struggling with a sin. We're struggling with maybe borderline stuff because somewhere in our mind, we, we, we do things. We've done things. We do things. And in, in our mind, we sort of, rather than stop it, we've justified it. It's like, you know what, I just, I don't want to have to tell anybody this, or I don't even want to have to come to God for this, because he, you know, we think he might be disappointed, or I might surprise him. Good luck. Um, But for some reason, we have been deceived to the point of, of thinking, it's not that bad. I just won't do it again. Or I can stop anytime I want. Or I, I, I won't get caught. All these thoughts, these justifications go through our mind when we're, we're playing with, we're dabbling with, with bad behavior, with sin. And we're letting it mess us up. It keeps us from running the race and getting to the prize that God has for us. And we've been doing it a long time. Maybe you're over one, but you've got another one. And we're allowing this to be a part of our lives. And we wonder... Where's this abundant life that Jesus promised us? Where are these blessings and all this good stuff? Why am I struggling in so many areas? And God's going, hey, remember that Holy Spirit I gave you? Pay attention. (laughs) Listen to him. We've lost our repulsion for sin and evil. Because we're just not bothered by it like we maybe used to be. Matter of fact, so much of what used to be obviously wrong and evil is not only tolerated in our world today, but it's even celebrated. You know what I'm talking about, right? It makes me want to throw up. It's so, it should be for every one of us. Some of the things that are happening around us in our world, it should just be repulsive. Doesn't mean we go out and do a bunch of weird things. It just sort of, it should really bother us to the core that our world is at a place where this stuff not only is allowed, but it's, it's promoted. And if you stand against it, you're, you're the bad guy, right? But we can't do anything about the world, but you can do something about you. What are you allowing into your life that is just as bad as our world is allowing into our culture? Romans 6 says this. Do not let sin control you the way that, in the way that you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. 100% surrender. Give it all to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So what do we do? (laughs) What do we do? 
you get convicted, you feel guilty. Part of you, part of your, your soul, your mind, your, your heart feels guilty maybe for what you're doing. The other part is over here saying, it's not so bad. You're okay. Nobody knows. You'll be fine. And you have this battle going on. Yet you know. You just know. What do you do with that? Two words. You can write these down somewhere if you have a sort of an open slot there. Number one is confess. You talk to God about it. Number two is you repent. What does repent mean? It simply means at the core, it means to change your mind or to change your behavior, to change your attitude. 180 degrees. You change. You don't keep doing it. You confess it, and then you repent. Here's what 1 John 1 says. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins, and he will purify us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I've known this verse ever since I was a little kid, part of you know, Bible memory, things you did when going to Sunday school, remember? But it was one day, listening to a preacher talk that really hit me, and it just changed my life. He said, if you have sin in your life and you confess, to confess simply means you admit it to God. You agree with God, you admit it. It's that simple. God, I messed up. God, I did this. The moment you do that, it says you're forgiven. You're forgiven of that sin. Whatever you confess, you're forgiven now. You're cleaned up. You're made pure. You're, un- you're made righteous in that moment. You don't have to keep confessing the same thing over and over. Well, unless you're doing it over and over. But you confess what you did, and God says, you're done. Let's start over. Let's have a fresh start. Here's the thing. I want to challenge every one of you here this morning. Just as the calendar tonight at midnight changes from 2023 to 2024, 23 is gone. You have a fresh start for a new year. How about giving your heart a fresh start? Why not even now? You begin to talk to God about the things that he's bringing up. What, what are you talking about? Whatever's on, whatever he's bringing to your mind right now. If there's something on your mind, if, if there's this, this feeling of guilt, maybe shame, regret, whatever it is, or I probably shouldn't be doing that, in your mind right now, you just talk to God about it. You confess it. Wouldn't it be great to start the new year with a clean slate? You wake up tomorrow morning, and, and you're good. You're fresh. You're ready to go. God says you're all forgiven. Now let's stay that way. (laughs) It's a good way to get right with God. Second thing, number two, is I need to get right with others. Get right with others. You know, one of the greatest regrets that I think probably everyone that believes they're about to die They have. Some of you have been around loved ones who have been, you know, in the last breaths of their life and they're coherent enough to talk and and, and you've experienced this. The regrets they have are usually about people, about the loved ones in their life. 
And someone, some would say, you know what, I, I just regret that I didn't spend more time with my family, my friends. Some would say, I, I just, I regret not loving them better. Or, or maybe it's, I regret not dealing with the issues that I had with certain people. I didn't resolve those issues. Or maybe it's, I regret not forgiving somebody or not reconnecting. We have a lot of regrets sometimes. But just as 2024, you might be thinking, maybe, maybe you've had some financial goals and you're thinking, you know what, this next year, I'm gonna become debt-free. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? I'm gonna be debt-free by the end of 2024. Even better yet, I'm gonna become regret-free. That would be even better. This time next year, you look back and you say, you know what? <laughs> I've taken care of all of them. What do, you, what do you do with that? Well, maybe, maybe there's somebody you need to talk to. Maybe there's somebody you need to pick up the phone and just have a conversation. Maybe there's somebody that you need to confess something to. You've done something, but you've never made it right. Maybe, you, maybe there's someone that you need to forgive. Or maybe you need to ask or seek forgiveness from somebody. I got to tell you, this, number, this forgiveness thing, this is the number one most powerful experience you can have when it comes to living in freedom. Some of us, some of us here this morning, you are bound up. Your, your, your emotions and your spirit and your soul are all knotted up and you're angry and, and you're grouchy and you're, you're, you know, you're just not happy. And, and it, it goes back to and this one thought keeps coming to your mind every time you think about wanting to be happy. There's this person that hurt you really, really bad. It could have been yesterday, it could have been 20 years ago. And you're hanging on to that. And you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to let that go because I'm not going to let them off that easy. Folks, the only person that's still hurting is you. Your lack of forgiveness is messing up your life. And as hard as and as painful as it might be to think about forgiving them letting them off the hook doesn't mean that what they did was right was okay You're, you know god will take care of them you take care of you i would love for you to experience the freedom that comes by beginning to forgive somebody that you've been hanging on to for a long time it's time for that it's time, folks. It's too, time is, life is too short to hang on to those hurts and the anger and the pain and the stubbornness of not forgiving somebody. I'm being blunt, but I'm being real. It says this in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. 
God forgives you. You know, you know what? Uh, it's interesting because, you know, grace, grace is part of God's forgiveness. But you know what Jesus tells us a couple times? He says, God will forgive you the way that you forgive others. And I'm thinking, God, that's pretty rough because I'm human and I don't do it very well. But here's the thing. It was that important. If you're ever going to need forgiveness from, other, from God, it'd be a good idea to forgive others. That releases God's forgiveness in your life as well. In other words, leave nothing unresolved. Resolve any and all issues that you have with anybody. This would be a good year to do that. By, by this time next year, be free. Completely regret-free. Then number three, I need to get into the word. get into the word now more than ever we need to have a conviction we need to be convicted about the validity and the truth of the bible because the bible says that in the last days which we're in very obviously we've been there for a long time we're still in it in the last days many will turn away from their faith you know who that's talking about it's talking about people in the church Christians, they're turned away from their faith, it means they had a faith and they're turning away from it and they're following lies. Where do the lies come from? Well, everywhere. Sometimes they come from our own mind doing crazy things. Sometimes they come from the world. There's a lot of things in the world that are just outright lies, right? They're coming from the devil himself. He puts all sorts of weird thoughts into your mind. And you know what the unfortunate thing is? Some of these lies and deceptions are actually coming from other Christians. People out there trying to, you know, they have, they, they have thoughts, they have teachings, they have an agenda, and, and I have this new thing. Oh, you got to believe this new, you got to do this new thing. And it's not that they're outright lying or manipulating, but it's just they're causing a lot of people to come off track, lose their way a little bit. Make sure that you're not one of those that walk away from their faith. How do you know? Well, you need to know the truth. You know, if somebody, how do you know if what you're hearing from people is the truth or a lie? Well, it's really easy if you know the truth, right? If you don't know the truth, you believe anything if it sounds good, if it feels good. But this book right here, this is the truth. The word of God, it is the truth. And, and the more you know it, the more you will know when you are exposed to untruth. I love what Timothy, Paul says in Timothy. Second Timothy 3 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You know, one of the reasons we have trouble reading sometimes and understanding the Bible is because we really don't have a conviction about it. You know, even when we do think about reading it, we, it's sort of like, well, yeah, I, I should be doing this, or yeah, I ought to do this, or, you know, I'm a Christian, I, I've got to read the Bible. So we have these lists of things that we do, reasons, or it's probably helpful, or, you know, wh whatever it might be. But in reality, 
reading this book, studying this book, meditating on the words of this book, this is one of those things that matters most. Of all the things you do in life, this is probably close to number one that every one of us should be devouring. We should be filling our hearts, our minds, our souls with the words of this book so that we know what the truth is. Titus 3.8 says this, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings. Okay, Paul's writing this to Titus. These te- what are these teachings? It's scripture. Scripture that he's been giving them so that you who that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. How do we do that? I know we, we've been talking about this ever since, I don't know, for probably the last 20 something years at Abundant Life Church. We've been talking about the importance of reading, studying, having a, having a daily time when we read Scripture a daily devotions, whatever it is, and how important it is. And, it's, and I really, here, here's my conviction. Every day that goes by, it's all the more important because this world is not getting any truer. <laughs> we need to know what the truth is. So here's the thing. We've been talking about this. Some of you may... You have your own method of reading the Bible. Or maybe last year you started off, said, you know what, I'm going to read the Bible every day. Every day I'm going to read the Bible. And it was great for six days. The weekend came along and you got busy. Okay, you missed Saturday and Sunday. And you know what Monday, you know what happens Monday morning? This little thought comes into your mind, says, ha, look at you committing to all year reading the Bible every day. You can't even do seven days. You might as well give up. What do you do? You just keep going. You miss a day, go to the next day. Miss a week, start the next week. Just keep going. Don't, don't, let, don't let missing a day or two or so f- stop you. You just keep on going. So we've, we've come up with a plan to help you to do that. We've got several Bible reading plans. You may have some. There's plans everywhere. The thing is just read. Read, study, meditate on the Bible. Uh, We have some back here on this information table. There's one. If you're very ambitious, it takes takes about a half an hour a day. Whoo, that's a lot. Okay, half an hour a day. And by the time you're done, you read through the whole Bible once and the New Testament twice. Try that. Dare you to try that one next, next year. Another one is the book of Psalms and the New Testament. You read this, you follow these uh, Bible reading plans, and by this time next year, you'll have read through the New Testament and the book of Psalms. And then we have one, it's just the New Testament, okay? It's like the long long books of the New Testament, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and all those, you got one month to read it. You can handle that. Then you get to some of the shorter books, Galatians, Ephesians, those, uh, you read about three or four in a month. By the time you get there next year, you'll have read the whole New Testament. So whatever it is you do, we want to help you to do that. Be committed to reading scripture, not just because it's a good thing, but because the well-being of your life, and I mean this all seriously, the well-being of your life depends on you having the truth in your life, your mind, your heart, your soul. Then number four, 
Okay, if we're going to get things right, we have to get the word out. Get the word out. So ask yourself, okay, ask, I already talked about this. Tomorrow morning you wake up and you, for some reason you know it's the last day, what would you do? Well, what if, what if you knew that next year, 2024, was it for whatever reason? Maybe you're it, you, you weren't going to be anymore. Maybe the earth, we weren't going to be anymore. It was the end of, you know, our existence here on this earth. What if you knew that? So think in your mind. Who is it in your life right now that you want to make sure that they hear about Jesus so that when time comes, they, they'll be saved as well? Because someday it will be too late. Someday those people in your life that God has put there intentionally that don't know Jesus, he's put them there so you can tell them about Jesus. That's one of the reasons you're here. That's part of your assignment, your mission, your mission on this earth. So why is this important? Why is it important to tell other people about Jesus and they have the opportunity to get saved? Because, because we're it, folks. We as Christians, we as the church, we're God's plan A, and he has no plan B. When you get saved, if, all, if God's only mission was to get each one of us saved, and then, then we, that way we could go to heaven, the minute you said yes to Jesus, you'd be out of here. Poof, you're gone. Got another one. Why does God leave us here on this earth? Why does he allow, want us to interact with each other? Because he uses us to share the love of Jesus Christ with other people that's why you're here if you don't do it if we don't do it chances are nobody else does here's what Paul writes in Romans 10 it says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How can anyone go and tell them without being sent? Today, you are officially sent. <laughs> okay, so you're, you have no excuse. You're being sent. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. That's what we do as a church. Matter of fact, next week, we're starting a brand new series going through the month of January, part of February, called I Love My Church. I do anyways. <laughs> and we're going to talk about what the church is all about. Why did God have, why did God even design this thing called church? What's its purpose? And why is it here? What, what is the real reason that church is? I'm not just talking about the religious part or the organizational part of church, not even church meetings. I'm talking about church. When Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What does he mean? Why is it that big of a deal? I'm looking forward to it. I hope you can be here and be a part of that as well. So why are we still here, folks? Why are you and I still here, and why hasn't Jesus come back yet? Well, I don't know, but here's a clue. Second Peter 3 says this, And remember, our Lord's patience 
gives people time to be saved. There just may be some people in your life that God's saying, Go ahead. <laughs> it's your turn. Matter of fact, I have an assignment for you. Are you ready? Anybody want an assignment? You're getting one anyways. <laughs> okay, it's called the 31-day challenge. This is for us for uh, January 2024. 31 days, and this is a daily prayer. I'd love for every one of you to do this. It's very simple. You simply pray this, Lord, I pray that, and you fill in the blank, you find one person in your life. You can do multiple people, but find one person in your life. Now, you don't, it doesn't mean that they're, they're dying and going to hell and all that. You just, you don't know. Maybe you've never had a conversation with them about Jesus, about church, about spiritual things. They're, they might be, you just don't know. But you want to make sure that if they were to die <laughs> really soon, that they at least would have had a chance to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe even your story. So here's what you do. You have, find the name of one person, and you simply say every day for the month of January, you say, Lord, I pray that so-and-so, whoever it is, would experience the love of Jesus today. And then you pray that every day. That's all you need to do. If God tells you to do any more than that, you go ahead and do it. But you do that one simple thing. And then you pay attention. Chances are God's going to answer your prayer and he's going to use you to be a part of that whole experience. Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing happens. But at least... At least you're doing your part. Amen? That's your assignment. 31 days. Simple prayer. Takes you about five seconds. And you can do that. That's what God's called us to do. I pray that, you know, this year be the most amazing year you've ever experienced. That you live this year all out for Jesus Christ. 100% surrendered and committed to him. No matter what, you're going to follow him. You're committed to the truth. That you're going to commit yourself to making things right with everybody in your life. The best that you can. And that you're going to pray for people every day. Let's stand together. <laughs>